Praise God. Good morning, everyone. I bring greetings to you from Pastor Abraham. He's in the land of the resurrection. Huh? He's in Israel with his wife, uh, Brother Dave, Kathy, and uh, Sister Anita. Of course, they'll be back here this week. Let's uh, look to God in prayer. Father, we were so thankful to you that we can worship you. Lord, we can praise you. Thank you, Lord, for the team that led us in a beautiful time of worship. We thank you for all the arrangements. Father, we know that you are a God. You will see us through. No matter how dark things may be, you will take us through. We thank you for the assurance. We thank you for the encouragement. Lord, hide me behind the cross. You speak and you minister to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God. Uh, we will turn our attention to Matthew chapter 3, verses uh, 1 to 12. Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 to 12. We'll take some time to go through it. We are, uh, I've been, uh, start, I started from Matthew chapter 1, uh, 2, and I will come to 3, the first part. And uh, imagine how many of us, uh, how many of you have seen preachers coming on a, you know, with the camel's hair and, uh, know with the with the scanty dress and preaching but here you find definitely not but here you find a preacher coming with just a camel's hair around their loin and a leather belt eating wild honey and uh, wild locust and uh, going about preaching powerfully powerfully there was nothing to show off outside but everything was flowing from inside that is John, uh, we always call as Baptist, John the Baptist, and uh, others call him John the Baptizer, okay, because he was baptizing people. And this morning we will go through Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 to 12. A lot of quite, uh, a lot of interesting learning we can get from here. The gospel writers selected uh, what should go into the gospels and how it should go, you know, all four of them. Uh, Matthew, Mark, uh, Luke, and John, uh, they were very careful what to be, uh, what to select and what to put into the Gospels. Uh, and, uh, they were trying to convey a message to the audience then and there at that time. So here we live after more than 2,000 years uh, and trying to grasp what they have been, what they have been teaching them or uh, preaching then uh, to apply to our own lives. And uh, between chapter 2 and chapter 3, nearly 25 to 28 years have passed by. Nearly 28 to 28 years have passed by. And uh, there's a lot of activity and excitement. Uh, first when John was born and then later Jesus was born. But after that there's a big silence. Think of it. You know, there's a lot of excitement. Angels coming, visiting and you know, so much. Two births, one after the other in six months in a family. Uh, there's a lot of excitement. And that also happening. One was, uh, both were miracle uh, babies. For even though John the Baptist was a miracle baby because uh, they at old age their parents had a child. And Mary conceived of the Holy Spirit. She also had a child. So we find there's a lot of excitement but after that there's been a lull uh, for nearly 28 years to 30 years, we, the people say. But and during these years of silence, we do not hear anything about uh, John the Baptizer or Jesus and uh, what they were doing except about Jesus. In Luke chapter 2 we find that when he was 12 years old, he was with the uh, he was going to the temple and talking to the priests and arguing with them, asking them questions, and uh, that's the only thing we heard about Jesus. So until then, we don't know anything what was happening to Jesus or to John. But then suddenly, in Matthew chapter three, we find John the Baptizer coming onto the stage. He burst onto the stage, preaching. He looks wild. He looks uh, different, and uh, he's preaching uh, about. Uh, Jesus, he's preaching about uh, you know, the, uh, God's kingdom. And uh, you know, the, his birth was foretold nearly 700 years before Christ. 700 years before that, in the book of Isaiah chapter 40, verses 3 to 5, you find uh, the scripture, I'll read to you, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God, every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill brought low, the crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord 
shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Here Isaiah 700 years before his prophesying exactly that Jesus will be born one day. Jesus will be, I'm sorry, uh, John the Baptist will be coming and he will be a voice in the wilderness who will prepare the way of the Lord. And uh, nearly after that, nearly 430 years before Christ, uh, we find Malachi chapter 3 and verse 1. Uh, here Malachi prophesies and he says, I will send my messenger who will prepare the ways before me and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple even the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. Here in this passage, Malachi chapter 3 verse 1, you find the information about both uh, John the baptizer as well as the messenger of the covenant, Jesus. You know, both together, look at the accuracy of the prophecy, how God revealed right well in advance that uh, in the future there will be John the Baptist, there will be Jesus coming onto the stage. And Jesus mentioning about John the Baptist, Jesus began to say to the multitudes in Matthew chapter 11 verse 7 and verse 10 uh, concerning John, for this is he of whom it is written, behold I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way before you. Here you find in Matthew 11, 7 as well as in 10, uh, Jesus is mentioning that who, who uh, John, the uh, John the baptizer is. And also in Malachi chapter 4 and verse 5, you find uh, that uh, there's a prophecy about him uh, saying, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And Jesus mentioning this says in Matthew chapter 11, For all the prophets and all the, all the people prophesied until John, but if you are willing to receive it, this is Elijah. Malachi prophesies that John the Baptist, uh, there will be a messenger who will come on the spirit of Elijah. And Jesus is saying, if you want to receive it, it is John the Baptist is nothing but coming, is, is Elijah coming, not incarnation of Elijah, but Elijah in his spirit and in his ministry. And uh, you read in Luke, uh, you find again that how uh, uh, John mentioned, uh, uh, sheds light uh, on John being the Elijah. And there it is written of John, he will, Luke chapter 117, he will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And you find uh, that Elijah did a lot of miracles, but John the baptizer did not do any miracle. Uh, but whatever he said about Jesus was true. So you find in the gospel, in the Old Testament, in the book of Malachi, in the book of uh, uh, Isaiah, 700 years and 430 years before time, how accurately there was a prophecy about John the baptizer and how it was fulfilled. So I wanted to encourage you that the Bible that you and I read, when you get some questions from people, don't become shaky. Okay, oh, am I, uh, what, what they're asking is true. Am I reading a Bible that is not true? It is not accurate? No. Uh, God has been very merciful to give you and me the Bible. It's very precious. And the more you and I take time to really study and uh, meditate and understand, I'll tell you, we will be able to receive so much of spiritual strength, so much of inner peace and so much of inner uh, courage inside our lives. And here you find that God in his mercy, in his uh, graciousness and in his power, hundreds of years ago, saying accurately through his prophet who is going to come and it happened and this was John the Baptist John the baptizer and uh, John means Yahweh is gracious John means Yahweh is gracious actually you don't find the name John anywhere before and um, here you find a new name coming in the Bible called John John Yahweh is gracious and this part of the chapter, that is chapter 3 verses 1 to 12, we can divide into two parts. One is John's lifestyle and the other one is John's message. John's lifestyle and John's message. First is lifestyle. He prepared himself. When you read the Bible very carefully, you notice that he was in the desert. He was in the Judean desert for a long time. And uh, he, was, he prepared himself for the role that God had called him to do. He prepared himself. Nearly 30 years approximately, he was preparing himself 
for a very short duration of ministry. Some people say six months, some people say 30 months. Whatever, six months or 30 months, just for a very short and a brief time of life for ministry, he prepared himself for 30 years. Being with God in the desert. And the Bible says in Luke 3 and verse 1 to 2, the word of God came to John in the desert. You know, sometimes we think, uh, you know, it, uh, the word of God will come only in certain condition. But you know, the beauty is God's word can come in any condition. And when you and I, when God wants to send a message, he will do it. And he is willing to do it. And you and I can really depend on God, depend on his word. And also under any condition, we can expect God to speak to us. Under all condition, we can expect God to speak to us. And God was preparing John in the desert and used him in front of so many people. You know, there was, uh, we will see that. And the preparation is very, very important. And John had a very special uh, call. And uh, remember, it's not just John's, John the Baptist's call. And he had to prepare himself. Let me remind all of us, we all have a call of God upon our life. We all have a call of God upon our life. And um, whether we are pastors, whether we are lay people, all of us have got a call upon our life. And whenever I pray for, when we pray for our children, we pray, Lord, let the call upon their life be fulfilled. Let the calling upon their life, uh, whatever calling you have for them, let it be fulfilled in their life. And may they walk towards that call. Yes, my dear brother, my dear sister, John knew his call and he was preparing himself for that great work that was coming ahead. And uh, uh, God prepared Joseph. You know, Joseph was uh, willing to throw away his cloak and uh, go away, run away. And um, the Dave Moses was willing to forsake the palace and run away to prepare himself. And David was, in the sh was a shepherd in the fields and God prepared him. And all these uh, men of God and even the women of God you read in the Bible like Esther and Deborah, God prepared them and used them in a wonderful way. And preparation is extremely important. And here you find John prepared himself. Even though it's a brief, he never said it's only <coughs> for so many years. He never knew, but you know, he never uh, prepared himself uh, for, uh, for a long uh, ministry, but he prepared himself before God. Preparing yourself and myself before God is extremely important. And then he prepared himself for his uh, role. Uh, uh, he prepared himself. He, he, he knew his role. That's another one. He prepared himself for his role and he knew his role. What he, want, he, what he has to pay, uh, play in the, in the kingdom of God. John chapter 1 and verse 21. They asked him, then who are you? Are you the Christ? Or who are you? Are you the prophet? Who are you? Are you Elijah? Are you the prophet? He answered, no, no, no. So in verse 22, 122, John 122, they asked him, so who are you? We need an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John replies in the words of Isaiah the prophet. And he says, I am a voice of one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. He, they asked him, are you a prophet? He said, no. Are you this? Are you that? He said, no. I am just a simple voice of God calling people to prepare themselves for God. I am a voice in the wilderness. A lonely voice. A simple voice, a voice that may not be recognized by many people, but I'm there to call people to make their way straight for to receive Christ, to receive God. My dear brother, my dear sister, it takes character to hold on to the role that God has called us to play in this world. And I don't know about you as a pastor, as a minister of God, you know, it is very challenging, you know, just to stick on to the role that God has called us to do. And I'm sure if you, if you give yourself to serve God, I'm not saying full time, if you give yourself to serve, you enter into serving God, I'll tell you to know the role and to stick on to the role is extremely important. And the angel told uh, that John was to be a Nazarite and he was a Nazarite until the end of his life. He committed himself to that role. He knew his role and he held on to that role. And he put all the energy that he had to fulfill that role. And he remained faithful. That's very important. And um, he had a character that can really help every 
child of God. Whatever role you and I have to, all of us have got a role to play in the church, in the family, in the society. And if we can really find what go, what role God can, God wanted us to play, I'll tell you, we will really be useful in God's kingdom. And uh, never, never think you're only part of, uh, you know, of a of a small plan, but you are a part of a large plan of God. You and I are a plan for the large plan, for the for the larger uh, blessing of God to go to many, many people. He prepared himself for his role. He knew his role. The next one, he was bold to carry out his role. That's another one. He never shunned from confronting the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the soldiers, uh, the tax collectors, and even the large crowd that came, even though the large crowd came and he called them, you know what, brood of vipers. You know, uh, in the, uh, there, there are certain type of vipers which, uh, you know, it incubates, the egg incubates in the mother's womb. And when this little one comes out, you know what it does? It will cut through the mother's stomach. The poison goes into and kills the mother when it's coming out. So that, what, that is what he is calling. You are brood of vipers. That means you have been murderers. Calling them straight on the face. Because the people have been that. And then he later confronted Herod. You know when he looked at the soldiers. He said don't, don't uh, no, exhort. Uh, 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 don't uh, uh, grab money. He looked at the tax collector and told them don't charge more. He preached to these people boldly. He was very bold. And then when, he, when a time came for him to confront uh, Herod, we know that he had to pay with his life. That was the end of his life. And standing for what is right, here is a man who can really inspire you and me. A holy man. He was a holy man. And only a holy man can be bold. A holy man means, I'm talking about women also, a holy child of God. Let me put it that way. A holy child of God alone can be bold in this world. And uh, no matter whatever danger, or no, no, no matter whatever harm comes, a child of God committed to God, a holy child of God will be able to live for God. And the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 28 and verse 1, the righteous are bold as a lion. The righteous are bold as a lion. The boldness that God can give. Once uh, Tipu Sultan, uh, he was challenging the Britishers during those days. And uh, when somebody asked him, he said yeah, about uh, the danger he's uh, involving himself in. It is better to be a tiger for a day than to be a fox for a lifetime. He said it's better to be a tiger for a day than to be a fox for a lifetime. I mentioned about three people. Joseph. Joseph gave his cloak ran away. He said, you keep it. You do what you want. I'm not going to budge. I'm not going to defile myself. And you find Moses, the palace, the wonderful things of the palace did not entice him. Daniel, he said, no, I'm not going to bow down. You, I can face the lion's den. I can be torn apart. I will die. I will go there. But I'm not going to bow down. Then you find Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, the three Jewish kids, they also said we will not bow down before this idol. Let do what you want king, nothing doing. It's not going to happen. And they had to face. They had to face the lion's den, the fiery furnace and uh, uh, Joseph faced the prison. But as we sang, you know when the dark clouds come our way he will see us through. And this God took them through and through. And you find uh, John was very bold and he had to pay with his life. And one thing I wanted to encourage all of us, when we are bold and when we stand for God, there, are, there, are, there is a way of escape at the same time. There, are not, there may not be a way of escape and through our suffering, it may be a blessing to others. It may be a challenge to others. And in life or in death, we are called to glorify God. And John the Baptist did that. He prepared himself for his role. He knew his role and he was bold in his role. And uh, the fourth thing about him that I find is he was a simple man. He was a very simple man. I told you about the way he, he, he what clothes he wore. Camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist. And his food was locust and wild honey. 
the dress as well as the food was something which the poor people during those days ate the wild the uh, the locust were edible locust and the jewish the kosher food and jews jews can eat it and it's only for the poor people and he was eating the poor people's food poor people's clothes and um, he was working for god when people ask if he was the christ he replies no 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 i'm not the christ i'm only someone who's preparing the way and then he went on to say i'm not even worthy to untie in one place one writer says untie his sandals and another place uh, the another writer says i'm not able to i'm not uh, worthy to carry the sandals that means i'm not able to untie and carry the sandal that is slaves what they do when when the guests come they would go untie the sandals of the guest the slaves and they carry the sandals and take and put it in the shoe shelf that's the work of a slave and you know what john humbled himself he said i'm not even worthy to be doing as a, what a slave even can do and here is a man whom god had called whom god has anointed and whom god is sending and he made himself lower than a slave and john uh, gospel confess he said he must increase and i must decrease he must increase and i must decrease amazing character and uh, no doubt no no uh, doubt that jesus said he is the greatest human being until then no uh, nobody born of a woman is greater than john the baptist when you talk about greatness here is a good example greatness is not what we think as the world thinks or the world recognizes and here is a person who was all the thing different you know on the opposite side and jesus the son of god comes and says here is the greatest man my dear brother my dear sister he stands as a beautiful challenge to you and me a beautiful testimony to you and me can you please increase the fan so it is okay yes suddenly i thought i'm going into hell <laughs> little 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 more thank you so we find he prepared himself for his role he knew his role he was bold in his role and he was simple in his role that was his lifestyle and look at his message if you read matthew chapter 3 and verse 1 his message was very simple repent for the kingdom of heaven is near repent for the kingdom of heaven is near and when he spoke about repentance he was not mentioning a one time event you know a one time incident where we repent of our sins and accept christ uh, he is not mentioning that alone yes we all have to repent people have to repent and turn from the way they live if i had not repented when i was 19 years old and you know it, my life would have gone a mess god enabled me i'm sure all of you have a beautiful testimony when you accepted christ or maybe some of you were brought into christ uh, slow and steadily you walked into christ uh, kingdom beautiful but my point is there's a point where we repent but john the baptist mentioned that event good turn to god repent turn to god come to god but he also said mention about the ongoing lifestyle a repentance a, a living a repented life continuously living a repented life continuously in the greek repentance in greek is change of mind change of mind a repentance is change of mind but in hebrew it is uh, meaning is change of action so it means change your mind and then show it in your action you understand when you put both together hebrew and greek together the meaning change your mind that is turn to god and then show that in your action so repentance is a change of mind and change of action it is a healthy walk a consistent walk with god that was the message that he was giving to his people and who are the people the pharisees the sadducees and then you find uh, you know the tax collectors the soldiers the larger crowd coming from various backgrounds he says walk repent turn to god and walk consistently with god and god sending 
a prophet to the people, a message to the people shows God's heart for the people. You understand? We should ever, you know, all the time remember this, that our God, our Heavenly Father, our God always wants to show His love for people and He wants to give this message to the people so that people turn to Him. Turn to him. That's the message that God wants. And that's the hope that God wants all of us to offer. And the kingdom of heaven, when he says the kingdom of heaven is near, it is the rule of God in our lives. It is the reign of God in our lives. Kingdom of God is near. That means kingdom of God is near. It's not a geographical position. It's a spiritual reality that the the power of God's kingdom wants to enter me a sinner a human being and rule my life rule my life that's amazing and uh, I used to uh, uh, play football and ball a uh, new ball we buy you know during those days there's no mouth you know what we get now the round ball with a small hole it was not that, you know, we had a bladder separate uh, and a case separate. You have to put it in, pump it, and then you have to lace it. It was a challenging thing. So when the new thing comes, there will be in two pieces, the leather ball, leather case as well as the rubber uh, tube. So put it in and pump it. And air, when it goes in, you know, the ball becomes bouncy. And then we will be able to enjoy that game. As a little boy, we used to enjoy. But we used to anxiously wait. When, when everything was over, we want to play that game. My dear brother, my dear sister, God's reign, God's rule, the kingdom of God, the life of God wants to enter me. That's what he's saying. To who? The people who had forgotten God, people who were selfish. He called them a brood of vipers. He's saying to you, the kingdom of God wants to enter you and rule you, reign you, reign, reign in you. What a great God, what a great powerful God we have. And that was the message he carried. Matthew chapter 3 and verse 5, the Bible says only these few words. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And the Bible says Jerusalem and Judea and the whole region of Jordan came to him to be baptized. They all came to him to be baptized. And, um, you know, uh, I'm not um, belittling all of our ministries, whatever we do. We go to different places to do the ministry, okay, to preach the gospel. We go to different places to share the gospel. And, uh, you know, that's one way. But here you find a different. You know, he's in one place and people are all coming to him, searching from different, different places to hear the message, that one sentence, repent for the kingdom of heaven is there. Can you imagine the power in that message? The, the power in that uh, uh, words, in those words that he felt and people accepting shows that the seriousness of the message was crucial. The message was very serious. And uh, you know that uh, Sadducees and the Pharisees were always critical of, uh, you know, they, th they thought they know everything because Sadducees were coming from a priestly line and uh, they thought uh, they knew everything. The Pharisees were coming from different backgrounds and uh, uh, they thought they know the scriptures and uh, they had their own traditions. Apart from Torah, they said Torah is enough. And apart from that, they had their own traditions. So they thought uh, they know everything. So to th those people, the gospel is going and saying, the kingdom of God is near to you. The kingdom of God is near to you. It should encourage you and me that we can share the gospel with people. People who have been given up, you know, people who have been really, uh, uh, are really, people who have no hope, we can still know that this kingdom of God, the reign of God is willing to enter into them. And uh, then he says, uh, people went to bap get bapti baptized. And um, baptism, when it talks about baptism here, uh, baptism is was known in the Jewish uh, tradition, but it was not for the Jews. It was for the Gentiles who want to become Jews. You understand? They want to become Jews. So they call the Jews call the Gentiles as dogs. So the baptism is for the was for the dogs. So when he is calling the Jews 
to come and be baptized, you know what the Jews felt? You think that I'm a dog, that I should come and get baptized? You understand? You think me, I'm a dog, only the dogs will get baptized. But he was bold to tell them. And his message was, he wanted to baptize them with holy when he was talking about Jesus he's saying Jesus will baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire Holy Spirit we all know fire it symbolizes also one, one portion of it symbolizes judgment yes he will fill you with the Holy Spirit he will make you his child if you don't then there is a fire that is waiting to come one side there is a Holy Spirit. Yes, fire some people say it's Holy Spirit. Yes, symbolizes purification, symbolizes other things. But in this context, some of the scholars say one of the ways uh, they interpret this passage is the Holy Spirit comes to change and here the Holy Spirit comes to destroy, condemn and ju uh, judgment to fall. And his message to the people was very simple. Return to God. Change your thinking and your lifestyle by receiving this kingdom of God into your life. The kingdom of God into you. Receive the message of the kingdom of God into your life and see the change, see the transformation that will take place. What, are the, what is the lesson that we can learn? Just two things I wanted to leave with you. A short, uh, important one. The first one, God wants us to show the fruit of repentance in our life. He wants us to show the fruit of repentance in our life. Salvation is an immense gift. Big gift. There are times when, you know, gifts come in and we are all excited. I have been excited with some of the gifts that has come my way in my life from small. It has been exciting. And afterwards it fades. That excitement fades. Wait for the next gift. And here you find the big gift is come and that is the gift of salvation. And he says... When you have received this gift, show that your life is really changed. And the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 8 and 1, therefore, you know, you have to read the further scriptures, and here he starts the sentence, therefore, there is con no condemnation to those who are in Christ. And in King James Version, uh, it adds, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. I am born again. And here is a path of flesh and here is a path of spirit. And what Paul is uh, uh, telling us, if you are in Christ, there is no condemnation, but only if you walk in the way of the spirit. You walk towards that. You understand? To have that life is extremely important. And Romans 8 and verse 6, he from 5 onwards he says, I will read to you Romans chapter 8 verse 5 onward for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh when we feel that we are, you and I have to satisfy only our physical appetites, whether it is sexual whether it is material, whether it is job, whether it does other things, we feel that this is more precious for me. Paul says, we will set our minds only on that. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. So, my mind has got two things to choose from. One is the things of the Spirit and the other one is things of the flesh. You understand? My mind. And John the Baptist was telling them, the kingdom of God has come near. For what? For you to lead you in the realm of the spirit. And then he goes on to say in verse 6, the mind of the flesh is death, but the mind of the spirit is life and peace. Because the mind of the flesh is hostile to God, is an enmity against God. And each time I allow my mind to wander and waver into things that is not proper, I'm telling you, my mind is in enmity with God. Bitterness, hatred, lust, anger, covetousness, greed. Anytime I'm going to uh, justify, you know, enjoy that or keep that in my mind, the Bible says I am living in enmity against God. I may not know, I may not go fight against God, but my mind, when I do it, 
I am an enmity against God. And it does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the flesh cannot please God. An amazing uh, teaching in the book of Romans. As we study, when you take the Bible to study, book of Romans, please, you know, don't give up saying that this is a big book. You know, it's a very difficult, only for scholars, it's only for Bible teachers or pastors. No, it is for ordinary Christians, for all of us. Go take time to read through and co we let's compare our life with what is there in the scriptures. And then in Galatians 5, 19 to 21, uh, the Bible tells us the acts of the flesh are obvious. It's well known. It's manifest evenly, openly. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft. All that we will say, oh, no, 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 I'm not all that. Okay, fine, good, thank you, thank, praise God. Then he goes on, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions, and envy. And then he says, drunkenness and orgies, and, and uh, orgies and, and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. John says, here is the kingdom of the reign of God wants to enter you and me. But some of these things or some of these things can keep our minds locked up from allowing the king. We are locking ourselves from allowing the kingdom of God, the reign of God to come inside. But let's not be discouraged. And most important thing is you and I need humility. John had the humility. A humble person will always get with God. Come to God as you are. Long for a changed life constantly. It should not be uh, once in a lifetime or once in a way when you come to church or when you listen to a message, read something, say yes, my life has to be changed. That's not the way God wanted. It has to be a Constant effort. Constant effort. Some of the uh, people, have you seen, they walk, uh, they, they run in the night. Some of the athletes, they run in the nights, cross country, you know, building up that stamina. They don't take a time, okay, this is my fixed time. They constantly, you know, train themselves for the prize. And God is calling you and me to constantly train ourselves uh, by being humble. You know, in 1986, Two ships collided in the Black Sea at the coast of Russia, you know, off the coast of Russia. And uh, they began to investigate. Many people died. It was a major accident. And uh, they began to investigate what is the reason uh, this happened. Is it a radar failure? Is it a, a wireless failure? Uh, telecommunications failure? What is the reason? And then they came to know that both the captains, the, the two ships collided, captain from this ship and the captain from the other ship were trying to outwit the other. This guy said within himself, let him stop. I'm going. So that fellow said, thought, let him stop. I'm going. Both wanted the other to stop and by the time they could realize what's happening, they banged against each other. Both the ships banged against each other and many people died. Pride, pride, many times the body language of some people shows what type of arrogance and pride they carry. May God help us, may God help us. John the Baptist was so famous, so powerful. Jesus said he is the greatest man, but he was the most humblest man. And God help you and me, accept mistakes Accept shortcomings in your life before God. Go to God and say, Lord, this is my life I can offer. I've told this many times. I would like to tell this again to encourage you. Go to God as you are. Let's go to God as we are and say, Lord, this is my life. Only this I can offer. Change me. Transform me. Let that what you have come into me. Clearing what I don't want to have in my life. And God will definitely do it. D.L. Moody, a great man of God. He said, be humble or you will stumble. Be humble or you will stumble. Second one is take time to prepare yourself for bearing fruit. You know, take time. Take an effort. If you and I can really take effort, all born again Christians take an effort to live that fullness of life that God wants to give. We will all make an impact in the world. 
we will all have an impact we will all make an impact in the world you know a man was there um, he went to uh, a church or a prayer meeting and there was a bishop who came there and the bishop was almost dressed like jesus christ like you know the pictures that is there, he was almost like jesus so one man was there and uh, sit uh, many people were there one man saw that and uh, after some time this uh, meeting was over the bishop you know took a cigar lit a cigar and was smoking away so this man goes to his friend say i almost thought it was jesus christ until he lit a cigar no i almost thought he was jesus christ until he lit a cigar many of us can light our cigars what is the cigar that we are lighting in front of others it may not be a okay blowing away rings but what is the cigar we are lighting before others are we taking time to prepare ourselves eternal consequences are there and we have to be answerable there not here not here everything will be covered i can preach great things and everything can be covered but there is somewhere where i have to be answerable one day and the bible tells us john went into the wilderness he prepared himself and god began to be with him alone he was with god alone emmanuel we sang that song he is with us and you know something god longs for you and me you know last week pastor mentioned a beautiful sermon before that uh, dr jacob cherian how gracious god is last week so too how god is so wonderful so compassionate and i wanted to tell you god is waiting to have a connection with you and me we are connected with other things think this is important yes those things may be important but what is the most important thing for you and me what is the most important thing may we allow the fullness of god to flow into us may we prepare our take our time to prepare so that the fullness of god will flow into us romans chapter 8 and verse 11 there's a beautiful scripture if the spirit if the spirit if the spirit of him who raised up jesus from the dead is living in you he who raised up christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies this body is dead it needs life to live because of a spirit who lives in it so the spirit of god invite the spirit of god and many times we think that god is always angry god is always you know furious so i can't go to god let me tell you how many times have you gone close to your father you know even if you have hurt him even if you have disobeyed him you like to go back to your father your mother he is much more than that maintain a close relationship with him with him no matter how your life is come to him with what you are what you have and what you are and say lord this is what i am change me beg from him and see the life that will flow into you the weaknesses that you have the shortcomings you have he will transform them john the baptist is saying the kingdom of god is there the reign of god is waiting and you the bible mentioned about the fruit of the spirit all that will enter you and me there is a work of the flesh fruit of the spirit and the bible says in psalm 107 and verse 9 for he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness fat satisfies the longing soul and if you read the scripture sometimes we think something to do with food it is to to do with the spiritual food spiritual life that god is willing to ans- give it to us matthew 5 and verse 6 said blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled the longing soul or the thirsty soul that is mentioned here is like an animal that runs up and down searching for food and water an animal that is running up and down searching for food and water it is that is the word that is used there is there a hunger for us today or can we ask god lord give me this hunger i want to read the scripture and close which i always quoted many times ephesians 3 verses 14 to 17 i'll read it to you and then i'll close in prayer for this reason paul says for this reason ephesians i am kneeling down before god when paul can kneel before god for this reason for the ephesians 
I tell you, you and I can come to God for ourselves with this prayer. He says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Through your in, in, in our inner being. The place where all good things can come or all evil things can come out. Paul says, I am praying that that area you will be strengthened with the spirit by his power in the inner man. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all God's people to grasp how wide, long, high and deep is the love of God. That is, by, by allowing this power of God to come inside, he says you are allowing Christ to take root inside. You are allowing Christ to dwell by faith and take root deep inside. And he takes over my life. And then he says, and to know the love that surpasses knowledge. You know, you and I, will we have, we have started already to enjoy God's love. And it's, he says it surpasses knowledge. Or it's going to go on and on and on. Eternity. Through eternity, we will still not be able to understand God's love. It will be so much and then he says that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. The ultimate plan that God has got for you and me. The reign of God's kingdom. The life of God's kingdom. John the Baptist said, it is there. And here Paul closes by saying, it is there to enter me. Not just to be there to make me a Christian but to fill me with the fullness of God. To fill me with the fullness of God. And many times we have misquoted the scripture. It's sometimes sad to say that when I see some preachers quoting the scripture, I feel very sad because people are misled. In verse 20, 320, it says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. They say, quote the scripture and say, You ask, God will give you. This is not asking for you know, my car, my car, my, my mobile, my house, my dress and uh, you know, my bank balance to swell. It is not for that. It is not even for healing. It is to allow the life of God to enter. Here he says, you are only thinking this much. No, God is able to do much more than that in your life. To give his life, the fullness of life. And now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than what we ask or imagine... According to the power that is at work within us through the power of the Holy Spirit inside. It is the work inside. He is able to do more than we ask or think. Where? Not for the external thing, but inside. To him be glory through Jesus Christ. My dear brother, my dear sister, this time, this morning, uh, as uh, Remya mentioned, we are come to the close of the 10th month. One more day. And we will be entering November, December. And uh, let's evaluate our life. Lord, 10 months have gone by this year so soon. My life, I'm becoming older. I'm sure all of you will agree that you're becoming older. Okay, some of you say you're old. I'm old, yes. Okay, all of us are becoming older. And uh, we are going. We are going towards Hoso Road Cemetery. Don't worry. All of us. Okay. And uh, it's waiting. Each time I pass by, I say, this is my final place. Okay. And this is my final place if I'm buried in Bangalore. And um, I'll tell my wife where she has to bury me. Okay. And uh, th there's a final place. But more than that, God says, that's only there then. But now what you want? This is the life I can give you. Here I can enjoy fullness. And there with God, a life forever. May God help you. May let's close our eyes and look to God. Father, we are so thankful to you. Lord, we are thankful to you. We are thankful to you for the life that you had given. My dear brother, my dear sister, John the Baptist said, Repent, for the kingdom of God is near. It is the reign of God it is the life of God. It was offered to a brood of vipers. 
and he said this offer is for you if you can really repent turn towards god and paul closes saying this life of god will culminate in the fullness of god's life the reign of god is not just little but the fullness of god how many of you are really longing don't keep your spiritual life for sundays is there a constant desire in your heart to draw close to god to love him to serve him to make him happy to walk with him if that spiritual hunger desire is not there my dear brother my dear sister i wanted to tell you you are dead inside god wants you to know he loves you and he wants to get this life fullness of life inside you and me ask god and say lord can something new begin in my life i want to enjoy that fullness the kingdom of god the reign of god i wanted to see the fullness of it in me father we are so thankful to you that we can be encouraged with your through your scriptures that we can have this fullness of life it's offer it was offered in the bible the reign of god was offered in the bible to a brood of vipers it was offered to the sadducees the pharisees the tax collectors the larger crowd of different different people and i thank you lord that you still offer not just the reign of god but you can culminate that into the fullness of the reign of god i want it lord i pray for our church that everyone gathered here will long for that life nothing less than that nothing less than that constantly they will check their hearts to connect with the spirit of god and your life will flow into each one of us in the name of jesus we pray amen